Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, what's going on, everybody? Hey, we are so, so thankful you're joining us today for this episode of our podcast. This is episode two in a three-part series we're doing on one of our favorite topics, and that is sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um, we started last week by in our last episode about talking about God's plan and design for it, and and we also explained that it, it's not something that's really our, our favorite thing to talk about just because... Growing up, we didn't really talk about it much, but you know, God has has designed this for a special purpose, and we need to talk about it because God's word has a lot to say about it. Um, yeah, last week, you know, we talked about or last episode, we talked about the fact that um, God created sex for a purpose, and He was very intentional with it. And it's not just a physical thing; it's not just a practical thing to populate yeah. the earth. It's an emotional thing. It's a mental thing. It's a relational thing. It's a physical thing. It's a pleasure thing. It's all of that. And it's a very complicated um, thing that an amazing God came Mm -hmm. up with. Only, listen, only God can come up with something (laughs) that incredible. And um, and we kind of said that it flows out of a basis of a a friendship has a ton to do with a good, healthy, long-lasting sexual relationship. If you're going to have a marriage with a long-lasting, healthy sexual relationship, it's got to flow out of Mm -hmm. a friendship and an emotional connection. Yeah. Well, and you look in Scripture, and you see in the very beginning where God created all this stuff, and he said it's good. And then he created um, the husband and wife Mm -hmm. in marriage, and he said it is very good. Mm Mm-hmm. He said, now this is very good. It was just good before, but he it's created the this. pinnacle of his creation. Yeah. And anytime God blesses something and says it is very good, the enemy. Hates it. Oh, he is out to destroy anything that God has said. This, I love this. He is the king of counterfeiting. Mm-hmm. He takes something that God creates for, um, for uh, amazing purposes, and then he just twists it he spins yeah. it he puts a spin on it and he counterfeits it mm-hmm. with his own version of it and um just so just solely so we don't experience god's best in our relationship and actually we know the purpose of the enemy is to um steal to kill mm-hmm. and to destroy yeah. so you think about how he does that in our marriage through sex or the improper use of sex or, or view of it or view of it he steals any intimacy mm-hmm. you have, um, any joy you have. Mm-hmm. He kills your relationship, and he destroys marriages through this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, he, he wants to pervert it in a way that steals everything and, and costs a couple their intimacy, costs them their relationship, and a lot of couples can't pull through that, mm-hmm. and it ultimately costs them their marriage. Mm-hmm. Which affects their children, yep. their influence, and... I mean, and, and ultimately their heart. Yeah. You know? Well, and I don't think you have to look far to see the perversion. I oh, mean, no. I mean, it's almost unheard of now in, in 2020 for a couple to have waited until they got married to have sex. Even in church circles. Right. So Bonnie and I lead the premarital workshop at our church. And you would think, and now there's a lot of people that come through our premarital workshop that don't go to North Star right. or don't go to any church. They sure. just kind of Google it because... Um, it counts towards marriage counseling. You get a little discount on your marriage license. And a lot of people, whether you're a Christian sure. or not, want marriage counseling. 
And so they'll Google it, it'll come up, and they'll attend our workshop. But even among Christians, I would say 90% of that room are living together. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they don't even know or act like it's wrong. Well, they don't it's, know any different. They don't. And they it's don't. very rare that we meet the couple preparing to get married that's, that's, that's not living together and living in purity, or at least really fighting to stay yeah. pure. Well, and I read a statistic that said that the average um, age that someone loses their virginity is 17. Oh, 17. So you average it out, you know, and... And you know what, what's heartbreaking is the way, is, is the way that's lost. Mm. It's not lost through a loving, mutually no. beneficial relationship Mm-mm. most of the time. It's no. lost through just selfish, mm-hmm. selfishness yeah. and, and the perversion of it. And that's heartbreaking that these kids are having to go through that and engaging in that. And then you see a further distortion of God's design through pornography. I mean, mm-hmm. um, an article, I'm going to actually link it in here so you can actually read it, but it found um, by, by fightthenewdrug.org ex- estimates that, that at least 30% of all data transferred across the Internet is estimated to be porn-related. And porn sites receive more regular traffic than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. Okay, so think about it. 30% of all data... Every, everything we do now is data. Yeah. I mean, from our money, mm-hmm. from the shows we watch, mm-hmm. the, not just the movies we watch, the TVs, TV shows we watch, Podcasts music, to, music, this podcast. I mean, you think about what all is data. Yeah. Everything's data. Yeah. 30 and 30% of that yep. is pornography. Yep. More than Netflix, Amazon, Twitter, combined. all combined mm-hmm. monthly. Yep. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And, and porn is, it's global. Yeah. It's estimated that 97, it's a, it's, it, it's a $97 billion industry with about a $12 billion of that coming simply from the United States. And that's from NBC, NBC News. So you take that, how awful that is, and, and now something that's really on the rise that even takes it a step worse, if it could, is the exploitation of children through porn mm-hmm. online. Well, the enemy, he's never satisfied. No. He's never satisfied with whatever he's doing. And so as time goes on, everything that he's doing will get deeper and darker and more sadistic. And that's even happened in the porn industry. I mean, you think about when, I mean, porn's been around for a long time, but you just think about the 60s when magazines, Playboy and, and, and Penthouse and those types of magazines were, were becoming popular. And it was... To by today's standards, mm-hmm. oh, it was you know it was taboo, a little, taboo bit. a little bit, but it was novelty. I mean, it wasn't yeah. wasn't all that bad. But now, I mean, what the the depths of this child porn and what it's led to? Well, and and a lot of couples view it as even normal behavior to pull it into their marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's view it's normalized because it's been around so long, and it's so accessible through. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's on it's. It's mostly in, in anybody's pocket. That, I mean, or you're, you can be trying to do something good, and it pops up on your computer if you don't have filters. And well, and, and used to, you'd have to go out of your way to find it. You'd have to purposely find it. And now we carry a porn store in our pocket at mm. all the times. But it, it, when couples bring this into their marriage, or it, when one of the two engage in it, um, what porn does, and we'll do another whole podcast on pornography, so we won't dive too deep into it here, but... 
porn rewires your thinking. Mm. It rewires the way you view things, the way you view yourself, the way you view people, just as sin does. Sin does that. Um, but but mm. pornography does it in a very deep and dark and disturbing way. And if you talk to anybody that has been freed from um, from the slavery of pornography, they'll tell you, um, man, I... I started thinking this way and this way, just evil, sick thoughts mm -hmm. because it rewires your thinking about sexual relationships and about intimacy. Mm -hmm. And then when you bring that into a marriage, it's devastating to it. Yeah. So, but what else does, does that, how, well, how else is the enemy perverted? Well, he one ups it even further and gosh, recently it has just been heartbreaking. I, I can't, I can barely even read the articles because it just hurts my heart so much as a, as a mom is the trafficking, mm -hmm. the, the human Sex. trafficking. Yeah. And, you know, as if just pornography wasn't bad enough and then child pornography. And then just now, I mean, just it's Deep, deeper, darker, deeper, darker, uh, almost it's unfathomable. Mm -hmm. it, it's hard to even talk about, but, um, there was a Fox news article at, in June, 2019 that said that the United States was ranked as one of the worst countries in the world for human trafficking. And, um, George Rogers, co-founder of the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking, was quoted in that same article as saying, the United States is the number one consumer of sex worldwide. So we are driving the demand as a society for human trafficking. Mm. It, yeah. It's heart, It's heartbreaking. I saw uh, the other day a hidden camera where um, some undercover police officers were in uh, what was to be a, a deal where one of the human traffickers was dealing and pointing Pointing girls out. I got three girls, you know, age 14, your boss will really like, yada, oh yada. Gosh. I got, you know, man, they're great. I mean, it's, it almost wanted to throw up. Yeah. And that's just the way the enemy has, has it's perverted it. And you can't just step a little bit into, right. into it. You can't go into the shallow end of this because yeah. he's not satisfied with that. Yeah. And if you play around at all in these realms, he, he, it's like the ocean, man. It, it drags you under without mm -hmm. you realizing it. And mm -hmm. so you got to stay on dry land. Well, and it's, so there's no wonder with all of the perversion that that the enemy has towards something God created to be beautiful and and undefiled between a husband and wife, the enemy has per perverted to this point that God has given us all these warnings in Scripture these mm -hmm. flashing red lights about sexual immorality and we ignore them. We play around with them. We start, you know, we're like, Oh, it's no big deal. You know, in, in high school kids are, are, it's no big deal anymore to lose their virginity young. Mm -hmm. And then our couples dating is just, it's casual. Well, and Cause parents are telling them when you feel like the time's right and you feel yeah. comfortable, do this. Mm -hmm. And that's a lie. It's mm -hmm. and God's, well, well the enemy always wants us to think God is keeping something from us. It's yes. the same lie he sold to Eve in the garden when he said, hey, did God really say you yeah. shouldn't eat of that fruit? Because he, he doesn't want your eyes open. Yeah, he, he knows that you'll be like him. And, mm -hmm. and God, at, at the core, he's trying to make us think God is not good and he's mm -hmm. not for us and he doesn't want the best. And so in this sexual relationship, he, think, he wants us to think God's withholding something from me. Mm -hmm. There's this great thing out there for me and... I, it it's not his way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be his way. He's 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 cheating you. Mm -hmm. But we've got to understand that God designed this as a gift for us, and it's not that he's given us these warnings to keep us from it. He's keeping. He wants to keep us for it. Mm -hmm. 
and it's something that's a gift um, that he's designed for us. Yep, yep. Uh, the Apostle Paul in Hebrews thirteen four tells us to honor marriage and guard the sacredness of the sexual sexual intimacy between a husband and a wife. God draws a firm line against casual and illicit sex, and that's in Hebrews again thirteen four, and um, and it, it, and it tells us to honor and guard. Mm-hmm. So when you guard something, you th- think what you do. If you're if you're standing guard, you're keeping watch. Yeah. It's not a passive thing. Mm-mm. It's a very active thing. Um, I'm watching out for evil, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm locking the doors. I'm putting up hedges and fences around and building walls to keep the evil out. And that's what that's what guarding yeah. against this is. And you've got it's a very proactive step, and we'll talk that about that in a little bit. But um, God wants our intimacy to be to pr- protected. And held in high regard. And guys, it's worth it. So today we want to talk about some ways that we can stand guard, that we can put up fences and hedges and walls and lock the doors. Mm-hmm. One of the most, I tell you, I do the, I've done this several times and it's one of the most unsettling things. I'll, you know, we'll go to bed at night and we'll put the kids to bed at night and then I'll get up the next morning and I'll go to leave for work and I'll see that I left the garage door up. I know. <laughs> and man, that just sends chills up my spine because we don't lock this door between the house and the garage. Actually, so, we, we will now because you just announced I know. <laughs> I'm deadbolting <laughs> it and everything. But so I know my house has been vulnerable. unlocked and vulnerable. Forget what's in the garage. They can get in my house very easily. Yeah. And, and to know we do that in our marriage mm-hmm. every day if we're not taking these steps yeah. to guard against um against that against the evils so here are some things that we feel like are very important that we need to um guard against um to protect our sexual intimacy some just some a few things that that we can guard against and the first one is secret sins um that's past and and present sexual sins that that maybe we've committed we need to guard against those things that those secrets that those sexual secrets that we might have whether it's um maybe undisclosed past relationships Mm -hmm. that you feel like man i just should have told them about this we've been married five years and i never Mm -hmm. told them this yeah i remember i mean when we first got married that was actually when we were dating that was one of the first things we did was Mm -hmm. we just kind of you know, everybody does things in dating relations. I do not. I don't think God intended us to have long-term dating. No. I just, I just really don't. I mean, I look back on my life, and the only thing I want to change from my past, or I would do differently, every, every bit of it has to do with dating relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that we confessed to each other when we first started dating. Yeah. You know, and um, and you know, and there was a lot of forgiveness there. Forgiveness was given, and that was really healthy, I think, for our relationship getting going yeah. but a lot of people live like you said Bonnie a lot of people live in guilt of that an oppressive yeah. guilt and the enemy just and that's what he does doesn't he mm-hmm. he tricks you into sin he pulls you deep dark into it and then, then he holds he, it over your head he holds yeah. it over your head and weighs you down with this guilt yep the rest of your life yeah. it's just evil mm-hmm. and then maybe there's even more i mean other things that you might need to confess like the like we talked about pornography mm-hmm. affairs affairs i mean or even something that you think sim- that's simple and innocent like maybe it's a social media 
relationship you have with somebody from your past or somebody in an appropriate relationship with someone at work. Maybe it wasn't an affair, but maybe it was not honoring your spouse. Yeah. Or you feel like anything, anytime you've got this thing in your, in your gut, that's like, Oh, I don't know if I want to tell my spouse that that's That's a surefire way Mm -hmm. to, to know you need to tell your spouse about it and you need to, it's not right. No. And you've got to take, um, you have, like we said a minute ago, you've got to take a proactive step towards putting these these literal walls, mm-hmm. firewalls in yeah. place. Um, because like we said, used to, 20 years ago, if you wanted pornography or you wanted something like that, you'd have to go out of your way to purposely get it. Nowadays, we all have about 10 different, 10 different um, things in our house that can access porn. Yeah. I mean, you think about everything in your house that can access pornography. Yeah, your, anything that has the your, internet. Your phone, yeah, your phones, your computers, your tablets, your TVs, all that stuff. Yeah. And then your kids have those too. Mm-hmm. And how you know? So if uh, listen, I just say to everybody, whether you, whether it's a temptation or not, if it's not now, it will be. And if it's not to you, it will be to your kids or your your spouse. So be proactive and put a, put put filters on there. And um, there's several sp- filters out there. Um, Custodio is the one we use, spelled with a Q-U-S-T-O-D-I-O, Custodio. And um, Bonnie, you hold all the yep. fil- all the passwords for that. But even my, it gives accountability reporting as well. So anything on my devices report to you, mm-hmm. and anything on anybody else's report to me. Yep. So um, we know what's there, and that's one that doesn't just report on things you've seen. It it blocks things you attempt to look at so that's you can get on there you can set parameters and you can set timers you can also see what websites and this is great if you have kids too it's great if you have yourself see how long i've been on facebook or youtube yeah it tells you how long you've been on those those sites um but it also blocks those things from coming up and it sends you a real-time text that tells you these sites have been you know have been activated yeah so, and there's several more, and I will we'll put an article that kind of reviews those yep. and and a link to that in the show notes as well. But but guard against those things that you might be tempted to do or look at or listen to or talk people will talk to in secret. Mm-hmm. Secret sins can destroy your your intimacy. Yeah, yeah. We put lock. Yeah, you know, we've said this before in the podcast. We put locks on our doors. We put fences around our yards. We put alarm systems on our yeah. homes. We have LifeLock on your computer over your your identity. Yep. Why do we think that we that our purity and holiness is not worth mm. putting barriers in place? Yeah. And even if it makes it, you know, I know a lot of guys are like, "Oh, I can figure out the password." Okay, well, make it hard on yourself. Yeah. You know, give tell your wife your your struggle. Let her hold the passwords, and that way you at least got to jump through a ton of hoops to try to, you know, get over that wall. Well, and it's not just men anymore. The no. statistics of women who are involved in, in viewing pornography is greatly on the rise. And so it's, imp- I, I mean, even if you think maybe you don't think your wife struggles with that, it, it's safe to have the passwords that, that I mean, maybe she's mm-hmm. got the password, but have reporting, have accountability reporting on that and make sure you're talking about it. And here's the thing, women don't want to ask the question mm-hmm. or our husband might not want to ask the question, but this is the kind of conversation that you need to have. Mm-hmm. And then have grace on each other when you have it. Mm-hmm. But um, be I open wanna, to the answer. I want to say I heard the statistic the other day. One third of mm-hmm. all the people that view porn are women. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot. And that has that has jumped up in the past few years. 
So that's just that's one way. Um, Here's something else we need to guard our our relationship against, and that's um, yeah, that's um, sexual sins that may have been committed against us, mm-hmm. and that's a really tough thing. And we're talking about here past sexual relationships, um, sexual abuse. In, in in infidelity, you know, physically, emotionally, or, or with technology, um, it, it's really tough to get over the guilt and the hurt, because when when sexual sins have been committed against you, against your will, against your will, it strips you of your humanity and it strips you of of that connection that you feel like you can have mm-hmm. with a pure and holy God. And um, even though he's desiring for you to come and be healed and be freed from that, um, it is a an, inc- an incredibly evil violation. And um, but it robs marriages. It robs intimacy. Um, and I've seen it so many times. And God wants you to experience healing and freedom in this area, so you can enjoy what he's created and uh, for you through intimacy, the emotional and physical connection. Well, that's not something that goes away just by Mm-mm. wishing it away. Mm-mm. No, and and you really need to seek a, uh, a good long-term uh, counseling relationship there. Yeah. And I know, um, I know a lot of people are like, well, I tried it, I went to a few sessions, I just didn't work for me. Counseling's not a one-size-fit-all. Uh, fits all kind of thing. It's a relationship. And so if you've sought counseling in the past and it didn't work for you, try it again. Mm -hmm. And if you meet with a counselor and you just don't connect, try another counselor because um, that connection with a counselor, you got to feel like you can be transparent. It's got to be somebody that communicates in the way that you like to communicate. And so, um, but you've got to be able to let somebody unpack that for you. Yeah. And meet with a Christian counselor that can bring the healing um, truth and the word of God that can uh, that can heal you from those really bruised places and free those chains that the enemy has put you in. And only the word of God and the love of God is going to be able to do yeah. that. That's a supernatural thing that he can only he can do. And you might think, I, I, I can never get over this. Um, I've everything in my future is ruined because of this thing that happened to me or mm-hmm. thing I took part in that I didn't know what I was getting into or, mm-hmm. um, but, th- but that's such a deep hurt and wound that God can heal. And we've seen he had, he can, and he will heal that if you allow him to, but it's a, it's a long-term process. And I want to speak to the spouse of the person that's walked through abuse. Many, many times that's a really tough, equally tough place to be because, um, they don't want to engage with you physically and a lot of times emotionally. And of course, what the enemy wants to do is he may, wants to make you feel like it's you and it's something that you've done um, and you carry this weight and this burden. But a lot of times um, what also the enemy will do is he'll incite you to sin, mm. meaning, oh, well, my spouse doesn't want to have sex with me. Then, you know, I've got to get these needs met and yeah. that gives me a free pass and um and it doesn't and so um god intends us to meet those needs one way and that's through our spouse and not through any other way and that's why a healthy sexual relationship is so important because you just don't have options yeah and um not healthy ones and um so don't allow the enemy to lead you into a place of sin, you may need to seek out a counseling relationship as well yeah. um, with, a, with a trained counselor that can help you process that and walk you through scripture that can heal those 
places in you, those broken places. Mm-hmm. So what's the third way? Well, the third one, and we, we actually did pretty much a, a whole podcast on setting up boundaries. It was just a few episodes yeah, ago, I think. Yeah, but something you need to guard against um, is inappropriate sharing with others, with mm-hmm. other people of... Of any, I mean, of either gender, but inappropriate sharing. If you if you need to talk to someone about the the deficiencies or the things that you are, the frustrations you have in your sex life, it it needs to be in addition to, not instead of your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this conversation about the things that you know you're not feeling fulfilled or things you would like more of or less of, or things you don't like or do like in your sexual relationship, that's a very private, personal conversation. Mm-hmm. This important and very difficult to have with your spouse, but it needs to be had with your spouse and not with other people. No, and and listen, not everybody has a great ability or feels comfortable in putting words together right. in a conversation and sharing their their thoughts, especially when it's something as tough as this topic. And sometimes you do need to have a conversation with someone before that happens with your spouse to seek counsel on it yes. or to seek guidance or just to to run it by them and say, hey, what do you think? How should I approach this? How should I phrase this? Should I even have this conversation right now? Mm-hmm. And um, and that is best done with maybe a pastor that you a feel mentor. real comfortable with, like we said, a counselor or a mentor, someone that's maybe walked through it before, mm-hmm. um, a godly friend. Uh, don't go um, seek out your worldly yeah. fun friends um, to have this conversation with, but somebody that you can trust. Maybe, uh, you know, in, in, I, we, we, t- we speak against having those conversations with a relative, but if it's issues, if it's issues in your marriage, we say, don't have that conversation with a relative. But if it's something that you feel like, Hey, you know, I've got a really godly father or I've got a godly brother yeah. um, or sister, and this isn't dragging them into the middle of an issue. This is sure. them giving me some counsel on how to have a tough conversation. Then you know, that might be something that you could do. Um, but you never do it with someone of the opposite sex. Yep. Um, That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing we need to say about inappropriate sharing with others is that it's not ever appropriate to be having this conversation with someone of the opposite sex that's not your spouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what does that do? It opens your heart up. It's making, you're being vulnerable. You're letting this person know of the deficiencies in that area. And that's opening the door to them to say, huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the place you want to be in your marriage, not that we're all there, but I think the, st- the place we all have to strive to be is to be um, 100% transparent with each other. Mm-hmm. And that means what that means is no secrets. And that means, and, and even when you're 100% transparent, you still need to weigh your words. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not meaning that you share every emotion that comes across your, your uh, frontal lobe or your, your, yeah, your yeah. you know, um, but, or every thought, but, but you don't have any secrets from them and you can talk on these deep levels. And that's ultimately what you want to g- get to. Um, it's just got to be done in the right way. But we have to guard against, against that. And that goes back to in Genesis when it said that they were both, they were naked and not ashamed. Mm-hmm. They were vulnerable before each other. And it was, there might be hard conversations, but they were not ashamed and they didn't uh-uh. have secrets and they were, they were um, open to each other. And I remember yeah. early, early in our marriage, one of the most freeing things that we ever did, besides talking about our past relationships when we first started dating, but in our first couple of years of marriage, the internet had just come about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I looked at stuff online and one of the most 
hurtful things to you, but one of the most freeing things to me was when we had that talk and that came out because now I knew, um, I remember the deep sense of relief that I had. Mm -hmm. It, It was, it was also matched with the deep pain that I had. Yeah. But the fact that I knew I, the devil can't keep this in the dark anymore. Yeah. And that's what he wants to do. He it, Now it was brought out into the light and God brings things out into the light to heal it. And, uh, and I knew I had a partner in it. Yeah. And I felt ever since then that you've been a partner with me in that, yeah. in that, in that battle. And, um, and I think that could be one of the most freeing things for your marriages. If you're listening today to open up those deep, dark places of your heart. Listen, it's going to be hellacious yeah. at first, but that's one of the greatest things you can do. Yeah. Well, and, and all of these things, it, it speaks back to just protecting what God has said is sacred and set apart and, and pure. And it's mm. a good thing. It's very good. And um, in, Solomon, in Song of Solomon 2.15, it says, Catch the foxes for us. The little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyard vineyards are in blossom. Mm. Catch the little foxes, the little things. Back then, they had vineyards that would be. Um, they would. That's how. I mean, they would make wine from that. They would have. I mean, it's a great amount of produce and all these things. And they would protect those vineyards. But in the night, if they weren't careful, these little tiny foxes would slip in unknowingly, and they spoil would the crop. spoil the whole crop. And and if you don't watch out for those little things that you think aren't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Sin starts somewhere. It comes in sneaky. Okay, so because the world will tell you they're all not a big deal. Oh yeah, no, it's not and, a big deal. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Well, <laughs> we I have to say, <laughs> it, earlier in this podcast, we were about five minutes into well, re- recording this podcast, and um, <laughs> something happened. So you you don't know because I went back and I edited yes, it out. Yes, but we had to press pause because last night. Yeah, um, I'm sitting out on the back porch doing some work. Bonnie comes in and says, "Hey, um, there's a, a lizard in the kitchen, and it <laughs> ran underneath the fridge." Now, Bonnie's not afraid of lizards, but she's deathly afraid of snakes. And anything that moves kind of like that and has a wiggly—they're really like, close to that. They're uh, related enough. They're I don't like them. Enough. And so I'm like, "He's under the fridge," and she said, "Uh huh." And I'm like, "So you want me to come in and move the fridge and get him?" Well, I said, he'll come out eventually. And she uh, said, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> and so I just left it. Yes. And Josie couldn't hardly go. I didn't tell you this, but she couldn't hardly go to bed last night. And I said, why? She goes, I'm afraid that lizard's going to come in and get in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, baby, I think your mouth is the last place he wants to go. <laughs> and so I'm surprised she slept. Oh, and so she probably slept with a mask on. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, which you should be because there's a coronavirus. <laughs> you should sleep with masks. Right. So anyway, we're in the middle of this podcast, like five, well, five minutes in, and Bonnie's eyes get big, her mouth drops open, and she can't say another word. And I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> and, and so I press pause. And I look over in this. I saw the lizard. It was over by the door. And I'm like, you got to get it now. It might be the only chance we get to get this thing out of the house. Get him, get him, get him. But it's that, that little, even a little tiny lizard came in and disrupted my peace (laughs) and upset me. But you've, I mean, we lock our doors and we try to keep things out of our house that could cause us emotional damage. (laughs) And, and it can be a little lizard or a little can, fox. Yeah, but we got to keep those things out of our marriage. We got to lock it down yeah. and say, you know what? It's just not worth it to have this one little thing come in. It's not worth it to have 
this Facebook friend that, that you know, it's not a big deal, but maybe it could be. And if we're defending it, then mm. there's a real question there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yep. so definitely put... Put locks on those doors, man, of your heart and of your marriage. And Which, so that would be our first action point. Put you need to have a conversation about protect how you can protect your mm-hmm. your relationship, protect your sexual intimacy. Even if you don't have issues. Yeah. Even oh, if you're that, not yeah. tempted. Listen, man, it's knocking at the door. Yeah. And um and so lock all those doors. And then um ta- have that conversation and then to t- decide together on a filter for your devices. And listen, you may say, oh, well, those things, don't well, listen, make it tough on yourself. Yeah, I'd much rather get rid of my phone and get rid of internet altogether if it meant never having another struggle. Well, you and know, if you protecting don't, my marriage. If you don't have a filter, you don't have to look for it. It's going to pop up and ask, oh man, we've got filters and people, it, it, it knows, still comes it, up in friendships like requests and stuff. Well, the thing is, is it knows your age and it knows who, you know, your demographic. And yeah. so to men, it's going to be throwing ads yeah. of it because the, it's an entity, right? It's going to be throwing ads that are inappropriate your way, yes. Um, yes. you know. So anyway, decide together, put filters on your devices and then um, tune in again next week. And uh, this will be our, that'll be our last episode in this conversation. Um, and because we're going to talk about ways that we can fulfill and serve each other in the sexual relationship and that was going to be good so anyway well listen thanks so much for joining us on this episode and we will see you next time have a great week thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe to this podcast then head on over to facebook and instagram and give us a follow have a great week